Welcome to the Abwan Chronicles podcast. This podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women, Hafsa, Ikran, Istahir, Sahra, and Umar Khair. This is Ikran, your part-time hype girl and full-time resident of Toronto, the city of champions. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, and politics. National Donut Day. Is it so Krispy Kreme's giving free donuts? Yeah, free one donut. But like, so I feel like it's cold. You're literally right next oh, to the shit. house. Oh, you want to meet you crazy girl? You want to meet Aruri? How many? Am I gonna meet seven people? <laughs> no, you're just gonna walk <laughs> in and out. I take off my hijab at home, boy. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to another episode. This is Umakhair. And in this episode, we have a group of our friends here with us today. Um, all of us have either graduated from undergrad, um, currently in graduate school, and you know, either we're in grad school or we're trying to pursue our careers. And so today we thought we'd talk a little bit about um, our experiences as black women in STEM or science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So our backgrounds are mainly in the sciences or engineering. If you do have any questions, if you're a high school student and you're at that point where you're just very confused because we've all been there, um, please do reach out to us on our social media platforms. If you're a university student and you're also just as confused and we've also been there too, you can reach us on any of our social media platforms at Abwan Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Curious Cat, or you can email us at abwanchronicles at gmail.com. So I really hope you guys benefit from this episode. I know that we really enjoyed recording it. Education is something that we are very passionate about. So without further ado, let's start this episode. So, you know, we're here with our friends and we want to talk a little bit about our struggles, some of the things that we've been through, because all of us have either finished undergrad or in grad school, right? And I'll start off with myself. So I'm a mujer. Um, I studied engineering in undergrad, and I'm currently doing engineering uh, masters. I should be graduating soon, inshallah. And my goal, my long-term goals involve working in industry. I know for a fact that I'm not pursuing a PhD. That's not happening. Um, so I'll pass it on to Ikran. Okay, so it's me, Ikran, and I did biotechnology from undergrad, and I'm doing research now in grad school. So that's what I'm doing. And my goal is to probably maybe do PhD, but I'm not sure. So that's me. Okay, and so as Amakhir said, we're with our friends who also study science. Yeah. And so we're going to introduce them. So Yasmin, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, hi, guys. Thanks for having us. We all have a lot to say. Uh, so my name is Yasmin. Um, I did my undergrad in biomedical sciences, which is just basically glorified biology. Um, and then I went on to do my master's, which I'm kind of in the middle of. Um, and it is in neuroscience research. Uh, my goals, uh, probably not to stay in research, to be honest, hopefully to branch out into some other aspect of healthcare. Um, yeah. Okay, we have. Um, so I just completed my undergrad and I did genetics and global health. So super science and then like less science-y on the other end. Um, in terms of my long-term goals, I am not doing grad school. Like and ever? I mean, I'll talk about it. Like, yeah, no, like ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, ruled that out. Um, but yeah, so long-term goals do involve some sort of 
you know, science, but possibly more towards like tech or yeah, possibly more more tech. Yeah. Okay. Next person on the line. <laughs> so my name's Aisha, and I also study biomedical sciences in my undergrad. And I'm currently in grad school as well, doing a master's of science. Um, and my research area is kind of focused in more stem cell regenerative medicine biology. Um, and with long-term goals, um, I kind of flip-flop between so many things. But um, I also don't want to stay in research. Um, but I'm open to kind of looking into other areas and other fields, um, whether that be um, healthcare or teaching. I'm just open, or industry even. I'm open to a lot of um, a lot of different opportunities. So both of you guys are going to have to tell us why you guys don't want to do research anymore. Oh, we will. We will. Oh, we'll get okay. That. Okay. No, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Lena. Hey, guys. So my name is Lena, and I did my undergrad in human biology. Um, I recently started my master's doing cardiovascular research, and I'm so passionate about um, cardiovascular science in general that I would either do adult cardiology or pediatric cardiology in the long term. But um, when I say is there any other option? Surgery. I don't mean as a physician. (laughs) So I know exactly where I want to be, except that's in a few years. Inshallah. Inshallah. We like that. Yes. <laughs> I was watching Grey's Anatomy the other day. You need to watch I'm Killing Eve because Sandra. Sandra. Oh, mom, auntie. Girl, you better cut this out. No, we can keep it. Why no, not? We're gonna keep it in. She's the sister I've never had. The mother, you know. I have a the mom. Auntie. She's my second mom. Yeah, she's Yo, she's her person. She's my person. Short. Yesterday, she told Owen off for stopping her from going to surgery. Remember that time? They were like making out. And he Wait was, like, a second, stay stop. With me. She's back? Oh, I'm watching older. Oh, okay. I watched it. You watched Honestly, too. Okay. There was no man on that show that could match. Christina? Yeah, no. no. Burke? Oh. Who? No. She has to get a whole hospital. No, she oh. had Zurich. Damn it. Where she was like uh-huh. flipping 3D hearts. The only person who came close to it was, what's his name? Mark. Mark Sloan. Mark Sloan. Because he no. did whatever he wanted. He was very like... Mm, but he was mediocre, girl. He was yeah. a mediocre he was white a man. He was a mediocre white man. No, like, you. No, he started off mediocre. Then he kind of, you know... He got a heart and a he personality. Got a heart and a personality. Well, yeah. Exactly. But then he died. It was really sad. Yeah, it was sad. It was embarrassing. How do we... Talking, talking about death? Talking about mediocrity. That's still one of my faves on the whole oh, show. Oh, yeah? Like, Did you watch the season finale? Oh, no, no, no. Don't talk Girl, about it. People are at different parts of grade. Okay, can we go back to this, though? Yeah, let's get back to this. So, for the first time... Yeah. On a blind, we have non-Somali people on the podcast. Oh. I felt like I had to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> We're diversifying our guests, our Wait, guest list. Somali in my eyes. They are. So they're by they association. Are. Yeah. Oh so God. we're Somali adjacent. They are. Okay. Words, so I think we're. Yeah. So like. They get a word. now. Exactly. So Yasmin, Ruham, Lena, yeah. not Somali. So look at us. We're very diverse. Mashallah. Say so our African. name. I did. No. Oh, where are you from? Okay, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if you guys wanted. Okay. Where are you from? Girl, I'm from Ethiopia and Eritrea. Lena and Ruham so are Sudanese. Sudanese. So, yeah, our fellow East African sisters. But yeah, back to the topic at hand, which is being black and doing STEM. So why don't you guys want to do research anymore? Wagwan, tell us. Girl, we're just going to go right off the deep end? Yes. I love research, so that's why I'm asking. 
Um, at least I like my research. So. Yeah, no, your research is really cool. Very cool. Okay, well, what do you, do you want to see what you're doing, or do you want to just tell us why you don't like research? Um, so I'll just start, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I think it's just a mixture of things. When you do do grad school, a lot of the um, things that you need to look at is do you fit well with the lab that you're in? Do you fit well with their culture? Are you interested about your um, project? So with me, I'm um, doing a lot of in vitro work, which means that I'm kind of in the lab doing a lot of like technical and some technical work. So it can get really um, kind of redundant and boring. So for me, I just needed a lot more um, excitement in that sense. So in terms of my project and also there isn't a lot of interaction with people and I'm very much a people person so I feel like I was uh, losing out on that aspect as well so for me to commit for another um, five to six years like doing the work that I'm doing right now within this project that I'm doing I didn't think that it would be um, a good fit for me so I think it's a lot of um, compatibility issues and I do like research don't get me wrong there's a lot of things that I like about it and there's a lot that I've learned but I think it's once again it's like a lot of different factors that aid to the decision mm-hmm. that sounds good better mm-hmm. yeah it's just nope. a lot of it is. I also do in vitro work, so I understand what you mean by repetitive. It just yeah. Mahid actually hates science. Much no, I <laughs> I make fun of, make fun of like the basis of science. I'm like basic science is, is different. No, she's ultimately she's an engineer. Here's the thing. Here's That's the thing. You're deterministic in engineering. It's yeah. like yes or no, and then you come to science. And it's yeah, like, things like we don't know. Almost we want you to find out. No, my thing is like they someone will will publish a paper and it's like well we think this is what this means and then someone else will publish a paper based off of that work when they're not even sure it's called a hypothesis then, that's all about that's what so science everyone's, is everyone's work you have to prove based, it right or wrong that's the whole point based on uh, based off of maybe this is true maybe i agree that's true you know so mm-hmm. it's just like if if someone makes the discovery that this bottom you know this this basic paper is like incorrect that's it everyone else's work that's that had that paper as a foundation is done right well, okay, i'm gonna play devil's advocate like what Ikran is saying is like that is what research is it's repetitive you have to keep everybody and due to like um like just because you're saying a lot of people do the same type of work and then i'll publish it like you need multiple people looking at one body of work from different aspects so, so that's, just to just that's to come to that's not my issue my issue is not everyone doing the same yeah. work to kind of looking at things from different angles it's just you like results i like yeah she's an I engineer like, sometimes you she's get negative engineer. results and then that's no, a result that's their no work. i love negative there's a journal that's based solely off of negative results it's called the journal of <laughs> negative results literally yeah. and I, I love like I'm like wow this is needed it's actually needed there's so much people that do this work and they don't know that it's not going to work but other people have done it before right so they could save time money huh? I think the impact factor is very low but yeah. <laughs> who cares it's just people hating that's why it has a very low impact factor yeah. but my issue is like in engineering when you're trying to build something it's like it works or it doesn't work right for example in, in um, cellular molecular biology when you're stating something for something It'll stain for multiple things, and you'll just be like, "Oh, what well, is it? It could be this cell or that cell or this cell." But let's just let's just agree that it's this cell for our purpose. No one know? does that. The no pe- people do that all the time. Yeah, people, I do, that people do that in vitro work. In vitro work, yeah. y'all are cheating. different from you. That's my thing. Science is cheating. It's that's cheating. cheating. <laughs> But like that's just, that's my thing with with science. I know that's how people find that exciting. <laughs> some, some, some people. But I think also like you also have to think of why you like research. You might like mm-hmm. research not 
to do research, but just to like learn new things, mm-hmm. um, implementation, um, more clinical versus some people who mm-hmm. just like inquiry based, mm-hmm. you know, processes. So for them, just pushing the boundary of like what's certain and what's uncertain, mm-hmm. um, which okay is basically it. the premise of basic science. Mm-hmm. That that's what gives yeah. them fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. Makes, yeah, yeah. That's for them that sense. makes sense. Yeah, yes. with with an engineering background where it's like the result is there. It's yes. clear cut. It's very black and white. That is not. What it's not about. especially about, basic science, yeah. I think, especially with basic science, because it's always interpreting results. Exactly, and sometimes yeah. it could be interpreted mm-hmm. the way I see the same results might be different mm-hmm. from the way you see it. So mm-hmm. that's where it gets muddled, and mm-hmm. you know, even for me, I think I just couldn't. When I first started in my lab, I just couldn't be comfortable with uncertainty. Like, mm-hmm. It was just so strange. Like, coming from awkward. undergrad, where every body of work is taught to you where it's like this is what you need to know then this is what you're going to be tested into like we have no idea what's going on and yeah and then there's also the learning curve which has to which you have to get over just learning techniques and stuff like that so that's i think going over that i was going to say to get into you know to be i guess to go further in research you have to be comfortable with the ambiguity which is something that i like I thought I was okay with it and I wasn't. So I went into research like in love with it. I wanted to do it because everybody around you was doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And like I came from like a background where I didn't think I would ever get a research position. Like that's a whole other story, you know? But, like getting into the lab and, you know, starting off and you're like, okay, maybe this isn't really what I wanted to do. And also for me, like I didn't like sitting at the bench by myself. Like I talked too much and I was just like, okay, I want some more patient interaction. Like I want interaction, right? And so that's when like you have to think about different types of research because like I did like basic basic biology research but there's clinical research where you interact with patients so there's you know there's good and bad but also like I recognize that my strengths are not in like basic research like I'm not going to stay up all night trying to research this one question that's like burning question to find this like one factor that does this and that like I recognize that you know and I'm just like okay maybe this isn't what I really wanted to do I had a lot of fun I learned a lot of things you learn so much you know but um Eventually, I just like okay, I don't have the the, the mental fortitude. Like I just I even, I just got to a point. I'm like no. <laughs> yeah. My no. It's powerful, but, but I think it's powerful. like amazing that you knew that before you got into your master's. Speaking about myself, um, because I think I didn't realize those things until I got to my master's, and then it's like you've kind of signed off a couple years, which you have to possibly finish off. Um, but I think it's good that you know that already because you kind of know where you want to go. You won't waste your time or your energy. You know what I mean? Pouring yourself into what could be already like tying it back to what we're talking about. A hostile environment as like a black Muslim woman um, where you're not really a majority or 100% supported, um, especially at the universities that we go to. So I think that putting yourself in that environment, you have to want to succeed. Um, and it can't be um, kind of how I saw it in the beginning, which was a means to an end. So um, I like science. Um, I like research. Do I like doing research? That's a completely different question. Um, and one that I think I'm still answering. But um, I just wanted to say that it's great that you already know that. Mm-hmm. You brought up such a good point. Like we were talking about with Lena. She was like talking about how different it's been. Like just over a year when we met people who were like us, like, you know, other black yeah. women in science. And that completely yeah. changed our, our experience. Just like Rather than hiding in the library oh, feeling yeah. like... Like, like, all, like, I always talk about how I feel like I'm forced into friendships. And surprisingly, like, the people I've met here, the people with us here, I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like, like, when I talk to Ikran or Um, I don't feel like I'm forcing myself to have a conversation. And other people um, in at the institution or in my classes or whatever, um, 
I still felt like, regardless of how long I've known them, I still felt felt like I was creating a conversation rather than just letting it flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it comes back to the whole relating to them, relating to their values, and relating to um, their priorities. Mm-hmm. But we could also talk about how like we met. It was because we looked like each other, right? And the environments that we're in, we don't see people who look yeah. like us, right? Yeah. And we're like sitting at the back of the class, and we both came late because we we're both lost because we don't know where anything is. <laughs> but I mean, like those are the kind of things, right? When you're in these kind of it institutions. Yeah, you look for people who look like you. Like today, I saw a Somali lady like wearing. I was about to leave the building, and I saw her coming in. I legit ran to the elevator. I was like, "Where are you from? I've never seen you here." She's like, "Oh, I work at the seventh floor. I do translational medicine. Blah blah blah. I've been here for six years, but I've never seen her." Right? And like in these spaces, we're always looking for people who look like us. Like how? Are, how did we all meet? Right? It wasn't. It was because we approached each other because of how we look. Right? And we and we also yeah. need to talk about how like there's a lack of black people black Muslim people in science no matter where you go and even if they exist they're not put at the forefront you don't see them at panels you don't see them like at conferences they barely bring them up right and but they do exist not a lot of them but they exist but we just don't see them that's yeah. exactly that's exactly how Ham and I met too so I guess that there's a trend there yeah, yeah. we like literally just gravitated toward each other and there's like one who's like are you from are you from like, are you yeah. from <laughs> I'm like the last one who graduated so when you left like I really felt it like felt like I was the only I was only the only black Muslim person in my class and my major was so small that looking around I'm the only one there with like my hair all curly out there and everyone's just everyone's in groups everyone's talking about something everyone's talking in their own language right and then at one point you just run out of things to talk about and then you look at your professor and a typical white man and like in all five classes like that was the worst semester for me because I was like I don't see anybody that I could possibly be like you know these are my professors in the departments that I thought I wanted to be part of and then to not see anybody like me going there or doing those things it kind of just like it pushes you away it pushes you away yeah, for sure it's yeah it's so discouraging you have, to, you have to be very resilient to do yeah. science in such a white yeah. institute. And you have to, like, really want it. Otherwise, you like, want to do it. You're, otherwise, you're not going to do it. There needs to be some passion. But then, it's it. not as... It, and that's the thing. Like, when you think about other people, you think about their privilege, the fact that they can do this a lot easier than you can, right? Because, like, they don't have to seek out anything. You have to go seek out your spaces. You have to go seek out your mentors. You have, for them, it's, like, right there. It's in the yeah. And it's so discouraging when you don't see people who look like you and you're like, oh, well no one's ever done this I'm going to be the first person like literally in our, in our at our orientation in, even in our class like I was the only like maybe there's another hijabi maybe there's like yeah. there were barely any black people and then I was like yeah. the only black hijabi right and it's always like that like whenever we go to these spaces it's like we're the only yeah. one of whatever we are right I know that in Rehamanite's building it's like a 13 story building right yep. and the no- I think there's like I think I'm the only black person on my floor. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of two hijabis in the whole 13-story building. Yeah. And I think four black people max. Mm-hmm. Maybe even mm-hmm. less. So can you imagine? Yeah. I think that the benefit of having a diverse um, environment isn't just that you can gravitate to people who look to, uh, like you, but it's more so that everyone will uh, educate everyone else on their own um, cultures, on uh, their own languages, like Raham was saying, their own culture and um and then people will be able to speak to each other easier. Mm-hmm. And we need to also acknowledge the fact that, like, like four of us, Lean and Ruham, 
me and Omar we all like went to school in the Middle East. Yeah. And I've personally never experienced this in my life. Okay, yeah. people talk about like out of people being racist, forget that. Like at least you're never in a space where you feel like you're the only anything. You're not the only black person, you're not the only Muslim, obviously. You're always included and like maybe oh, you'll see in, I like, felt it. Okay, well in the you, you you lived in Saudi. So in the UAE, mm-hmm. like my university, I saw black professors. Um, like I saw Sudanese, my teachers in high school were Sudanese. Um, I saw I had black professors, not a lot of them, but they were there. Um, so like when I came here, it was like when I first like when I actually I feel like if I ever did high school here, I probably would have never went into science because I never had that passion when I was in high school. Like, okay, my teachers told me, oh, you could always do better, blah, blah, blah. But I just ended up doing biotechnology by accident. Like, it was more like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went to, like, the expos, the universities to come. They told us they were giving us free laptops. I thought that was cool. That's really how I ended up at my university. <laughs> they said it was, it was, they sold me, like, oh, you get laptops. They sold you a dream. Da, 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 da. I was like, yes, I want a computer. Well, lie. And then we went, and it was, like, really cool. Like, the building was really nice. It was, it was pretty nice. Um, so I did it like I didn't I didn't have like any idea what I wanted to do like honestly I just did it and I liked it like it wasn't like I wasn't comfortable yeah like I was comfortable I didn't hate it and then I liked research like in my fourth year but uh, what I'm saying is like that was all in the UAE yeah so like fourth year is when I did research like our senior thesis and whatever so that's when I really liked research but I mean like and then I always knew I wanted to do my master's after that but like going into undergrad doing science was not something I, I I literally just did it but I feel like here it's like well, I no one just, yeah, that, that doesn't I happen. Read, I read this. I read this article that said that um, the reason that in African countries and in the Middle East, students, girls especially, are not deterred from science is because there's no other option for them but to be a doctor in order to make money. So they need to be a doctor or an engineer to make money because there's no other. They can't be an artist because where? How will that pay? How will that pay for the living? But right? then, but then but, they're not expected but, to pay for anything, especially like in those cultures. They're not expected to work, so they're doing this because this is something they want to do. And some would argue, I mean, like that especially is not the case in every country. That might not be the all case the in like the Middle East, where the husband usually provides, but not really in Africa, where in some countries the women actually provide. They're the ones who get a job. But like in um, the Middle East, they don't like what I'm saying is like in the Middle East they're not going to school to provide like a lot just, of them are not going to school to provide they're doing it because it's the culture it's like yeah it's like everyone culture. has to go to school not, right yeah and like they do have arts programs whatever like okay a lot of people don't go to them but they're like no one will deter you from science no one will deter you from anything my sister is doing engineering she, there's like a majority 90 percent girls in her class so it's like there no one will really be like yeah. and especially people make it seem like other people are very like oppressive whatever no. girls can't do anything no the majority of girls are doing everything yeah. everyone's doing everything so it's like when I came here it's like okay barely women are barely doing STEM uh, black women are barely doing like anything and they're even more discouraged so barely women doing science and then black women even less so it's like I at least personally I've never experienced anything of that sort when I was there like here I came here and I was like oh my gosh this is such a hostile environment I don't even know how I'm doing this, you know, imposter syndrome, all of that crazy stuff. But there, I've never felt it. No one ever told me not to do it, blah, 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 stuff like that. So I think it's some, I think something must be said, too. I don't think it's, like, people um, – well, I can just talk on Toronto and, like, um, going through high school here and also doing undergrad here. Sometimes people are not explicitly telling you you cannot do this. Do this. It's just so woven in the system mm-hmm. that you don't even realize that you're being um, – kind of like cut out of certain things or you're you don't have accessibility to certain things you know Mm -hmm. you're in high school and you know to get into well in Toronto or where we live in the world here now you need um both grade 11 and grade 12 science courses to get into an undergrad program that is science-based 
So already off um, the bat, you kind of get streamed into more applied courses, and those courses don't do not lead to a university degree; they lead to more college degree. So you're already kind of being cut out right there and then when you're in grade 10 and you're like, okay, I can't even do science now. I'm in grade 11. I didn't take the courses necessary. And then you graduate and then you come to university and then they say, oh, there's such a big problem with representation. Why aren't there more black students that are coming into STEM? Why aren't there more black engineering students or black STEM students? And it's literally starting off right when you get into school. They're already kind of, the system's already built so that you would do more um, vocational work. So I went to a high school that really encouraged us to go into more vocational careers, so doing um, food industry, um, culinary school, uh, cosmetology, uh, we had parenting classes. So looking, when I was in that environment, I didn't really realize what was going on, but I guess when I went to university and I looked back and I heard about all these like, you know, equity cries and diversity and there's not enough representation, I look back into my high school and I'm like, well, the problem was starting there, you know, just by cutting students, students out right there and then and there so it's just like there's so much disparity within the city itself and who gets opportunities and you know as we know in labs who does your lab pi get Mm -hmm. when the summer rolls around he brings his friends kids Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it reminds me of like that quote from um scandal where her dad where um her dad tells her like you have to be twice as good to yeah, um, same yeah. opportunity or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or to be half of something as else. Half successful. It's half successful, and that's so true, right? Like, yeah. you think about the daily things that you yeah. don't have and the ease that they have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sadly, it's not... It's So, all through, like, all, almost all four years of my undergrad, I was, always, I was always the only black student in my class, especially that when I was going through undergrad, and this is, I graduated last year, this was before our institution started thinking about diversity and equity. Now, now diversity, equity, inclusivity are more of a buzzword, but back then, they didn't even care about that. They didn't, they didn't even try to fake it. Um, so I think I was the only black student in my classes, and I think the issue with, like, I, I didn't mind working twice as hard, but I felt the issue came when my You shouldn't have to, though. You shouldn't really you should have, have to. to. I shouldn't have, have to. Be to but I can do I've it. I can do it. I, th- I, felt, I felt like it really hurt me when my professors just didn't understand my struggle. Like, they didn't understand that I actually was working twice as hard. They didn't understand that the rest of my class was privileged. Mm-hmm. When I, when I talked about like research and how hard it was for me to get into a research project and applying and all of that, well, whereas other um, my other friends were just getting into labs because the PI was the same nationality or because they're, they're friends' dads and everything. like All, these, all mm-hmm. these opportunities that they got that I didn't, um, especially that I'm the eldest in the family. I don't have anyone here who from my family who works here. I don't have any connections. So I had to make every single opportunity for myself. I had to hunt down every single opportunity. And when it comes to professors who you talk to and you feel like they belittle your work and they belittle... They belittle your struggle and, and they don't understand their own privilege and everyone else's privilege, that really sucks. I agree. And on top of that, I think like for them, like if you don't like for the professors, obviously, even if they haven't grown up in a place as diverse as Toronto or if they 
are just learning about how to become more diverse and things like that. I think it's horrible, obviously, the hiring standards at like the institutes we go to, the people who are brought in. But on top of that, when they kind of belittle like the quality of your work, your productivity, they expect you to work longer hours, produce better quality presentations, do things under ridiculous deadlines like the one you were talking about earlier. I think that on top of it just makes it an even more aggressive and hostile environment. So not only do you have to work hard to get in, but you have to work hard to stay. flourish and stay in. And the support is not there. Yeah, They just want you to be amazing and like the superstar student, but this, where's the support for you to foster this type mm-hmm. of student? 100%. And this is the one thing I didn't like really enjoy, like, enjoy about grad school is you come in and you're just expected to know things. You're just expected to be like, okay, so what did you produce? It's like, what exactly am I supposed to produce? I agree. And I think we went to, the, we, went to we did the same undergrad and I think our quality of education was fine, but I think we weren't exposed to different opportunities that people of other backgrounds or financial like classes were. So we didn't have high school like summers where we were working in a lab at a hospital cutting up rats because my How dad's best that? girl. How do you hear about those opportunities? Sis, they're family members. It's because yeah, it's your family it's family connections and it's a, it's a very vicious cycle. Like at least if we're gonna give high school students a chance to come into a lab let it be based on merit how is it going to be based on merit if these you don't the people who have merit don't even know about these opportunities yeah, that's the issue yeah, yeah that, and then it comes it's down to knowing. systemic racism mm-hmm. and yeah. accessibility because they don't promote it's just these right problems yeah. like and then they come into like they come into these spaces and they they, they use the resources and as Yasmin said they, they're building their skill set by coming in earlier and starting earlier so they yeah. have a like they have a leg up when they come in to grad school yeah a lot of the like a lot of the underrepresented kids like that I knew in university that they would be like oh I can't I have to commute an hour and a half I have to commute this like that's such a huge factor because like all these other kids who you know are more privileged are living on dorms or living on campus they can get there whenever they need to um, it's like one of the huge barriers to even having these research positions because you're expected to, long, to work such long hours. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and um, I think one of them for me was just like, I like I acknowledge my privilege. I live close enough to campus, but I think about people who are like students who would spend hours in the lab to like 11 p.m., right? And then you compare their work ethic to somebody who can't spend those hours because they have to go home, right? And then you're like, well, that student did that, then why can't you do it? And I was like, I can't. I physically cannot, you know. Um, and I, I can't think, afford to live next door you, to here. You know what I mean? I yeah. live with my family for a lot of them, right? And the way that, like, and I, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's the same type of professor who doesn't recognize those um, those issues. It's the same. Like, you know, your white professor can't, uh, you can't know, understand. Relate. He's not a one. That's, that's everyone. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of them. Yeah. I think it goes back to what Ikrad always mentions about how they expect you to be a robot. Yeah. They don't like care about the, the human. Immigrant. Yeah, yeah, immigrant. You're supposed to work harder than 20 hour days. Oh my god. You can take it. Yeah. You've been through more, right? right? Yeah. You crossed the sea to be here. <laughs> your parents walked 20 miles to school. <laughs> exactly. In your jeans. Oh my god, they the questions you get when you first work there. Don't know that some of us are actually born in the yeah. city yeah. and raised yeah. in the city. Guys. They just genuinely just believe we came from somewhere else and we're here. Did I tell you? Produce guys. produce work like honestly. Talk like everybody just like the weirdest things you've gotten asked in the lab can i just tell you one time i was this is when i was trying to find a supervisor okay <laughs> actually you remember the story so i was trying to find a supervisor when i first started my master's and i was like emailing hundreds of professors and then um this one professor got back to me she's like oh my lab's full but i can help you out with like finding one 
I was like, okay. She's like, here's my number. Give me a call. I was like, okay. So I wow. Her. Yeah, she's being really helpful. I was like, wow. Is like, this going to go downhill nice. soon? And then she, I, I call her. She goes, <laughs> and I'm talking like, hey, my name's Amakhad, blah, 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 da, da, da. And she's like, wow. And I'm like, what? She's like, I don't know. I just expected you to have an accent. And I was like. Uh, she wanted Classic. you to have an accent so you can, she can work Literally, you to the bone. Like, <laughs> real, real. I was like, why did you assume that? She's like, well, I just, you know, I assumed. And then she kind of like backtracked and she was like, oh. Um. Maybe because you're calling from the Middle East? No, I was in Canada. What do you mean? It was a 647 oh. number. <laughs> oh. <laughs> why did she tell you to call her? That's so but weird. Maybe if you're from the Middle East, so you could be going to school there. Why do you have to assume that that's true? But I mean, in person, she's you're going like, to work in your lab. Other time. <laughs> Um, someone sent me this prof sent me this scholarship and it's like for people that came straight from like Africa you know straight from Africa there's a scholarship for someone who's just like just settled in da 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 and they're like here you go apply to this it's a good scholarship that you can apply to and I was like I've been in your office multiple times you know you've seen me I'm pretty sure I told you I'm a Canadian citizen why are you sending me why are you sending me this it was interesting it was interesting I just feel like you know a lot of the times they're just very ignorant very, very ignorant. Yeah. What is it like for you guys? Because us, it's kind of like we're programmed when we're in the UAE. Just get into, you know, science, engineering. There's nothing. No one's telling us you can't do it. They're, it's the opposite. They're telling us to get into it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. what is it like for you guys in high school? What was your experience in hmm, Canada? That's a while back. I went to, I guess, what you can call like a pretty a- academic high school. Um, so a lot of people took sciences. Um, a lot of like minority people, I guess, which made up the majority of my high school. Um, there weren't a lot of black students per se, um, but I think because I got good marks in the sciences, I thought it was the most practical way to move forward. Um, I also really liked other classes like English and world religions and things like that. But in my mind, I didn't see that those would pay or like be things that were worth um, paying tuition for. Um, so I guess that's what led me to go into sciences more than an actual love for science, um, which sounds horrible. Um, but then once I got into undergrad, I did really enjoy a lot of my classes. Um, the process wasn't hard applying to university or anything like that. Um, but what I can say, though, is that I wasn't like extremely educated about what school would be the best fit for me in terms of the schools in Toronto and the program that I wanted to go to, um, or even the route I should go to in terms of long-term career. I didn't know that research was the end of my undergrad program as biomedical sciences. I just thought, biomedical. <laughs> you know, watching Grey's Anatomy, living my carefree life. But then once I got into the program, I actually learned about research, which I had never learned about in, um, in high school, despite it being an academic school. Um, I also, like, my guidance counselor wasn't extremely helpful in terms of the science field. She was a great woman, um, still talk to her, um, but she wasn't really educated, so I didn't have a lot of support in terms of what programs to apply to. It was more me reading up and seeing, oh, this sounds good, biomedical, let me apply, let me get it done. Um, And I think that's the experience for a lot of students. You go into programs that you're not 100% um, well-suited for, or even that will be a good means to an end for you, Um, which is why I think it takes a lot of time for us to finish these undergrad programs because it's kind of stretched on, and why a lot of people switch programs after like two, three years. I know a lot of people who went into sciences who were black students, yeah, who wasted like a year or two in different programs that they maybe didn't even want to go to and then went into like English or communications um, and things that they felt were more suited for them. 
Um, so that was my experience. I don't know. Um, I think I did have a pretty easy experience, though, because my parents are, like, extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of let me do my thing and are cheering me on. Yeah, you know what's interesting um, for, like, in terms of students taking longer here? Mm-hmm. In the UAE, that's not an issue. Like, everyone finishes in four years. And we were talking about this. We fig- about this. We figured out why. It's because... In the UAE, your parents are paying crazy tuitions. Like next level, like mm-hmm. how much was it? Twenty thousand. A lot. Yeah, you don't yeah. have you don't have wiggle so, room. You so can't you play can around. A year. A year. A year. Yes, mm-hmm. a year. Like mine was forty thousand, which is approximately fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. And there's no OSAP. There's nothing. There's no. Yeah, like it's coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of your. I don't even know how you afforded it. So like you can't sit around a year and be like, oh, this year I'm just gonna. Yeah, you can't play around. that. Mm-hmm. So whether you like the major or not, you have to complete it. So, yeah. But I think even here, of course that makes sense, but I think mm-hmm. even here, whether like your parents are paying or whether it's OSAP, it's more a lack of direction that leads to yeah. you taking longer. So you not knowing that you might need certain classes at certain points um, or the school not... Um, guiding you to what you need in order to graduate. For example, our degree requirements changed almost every year, and it was mm-hmm. literally a hunt to find out that original document to know what we needed to graduate um, or our school going on strike. So I feel like it wasn't made easy to finish. And I think once you do finish, there's also no rush because there's no like fabulous job waiting for you right mm-hmm. after. It's kind of, okay, are you going to do more school? Are you going to do this entry-level job that you might not like for a while? Yeah. Um, I think that was... That's exactly yeah. the case, because like in the Middle East, if you do, if you went into engineering, you became an engineer. If you went into medicine, and you went into medicine right after high school, you became a doctor, right? But here, you do undergrad, and then some people, after a few years, they figure out, you know what, like like you said, I don't want to do, I don't want to do um, life sciences anymore, I want to do communications or something like that, and they go into that, or even people will finish their undergrad, get into medical school, which is really hard to get into, and then two years in, they'll decide they don't want to do medicine anymore. And it's, it's just it's just that here education is a lot longer and people are a lot more relaxed because like you said, there's no fantastic job waiting for you and there's no clear cut. You do life sciences and after that you get that kind of job. Like people do life sciences and do everything from like consulting to like uh, becoming nurses or going into nursing school. So there's very there's a wide variety of jobs um, that, you, you, that you can get after a life science degree. And it's a very... And even, even life sciences undergrad itself is very open. You can take different courses. People who are in molecular genetics will end up in a completely different stream than people who are just in global health or in um, or in like uh, biomedical engineers, something like that. So it's very, even the life sciences itself is a black box because there's so many different majors within it and each major will lead to something completely different. I agree. And I think also when you look at what students are more like, having the same experience I did, for example, where um, I wasn't sure what direction. I mean, as supportive as our parents can be, and they're extremely supportive, whether it's financially uh, or doing the best they can, it's a completely different experience when your parents have not been in this field. So they can't really point you in the direction based on what you want to do. So for example, you tell your parents, I want to do this, I'm going into this program, they're going to help you get into that program. But they're not in a position where they can advise you maybe to do something else that can get you there faster they can't really point you towards opportunities that will help you along the way um so i think the support that we get is completely different from other students who are not black or who are not women or muslim um in our field and i think that also adds to it yeah. i mean even personally when you when you, when you mentioned support that kind of 
hit a nerve because being the eldest, my for example, both my parents did not get it into their head that I needed to do an undergrad degree before I could apply to medicine until recently. Like my mother will still say apply to medicine when I was in third year and I'm like, no, I cannot. That mm-hmm. cannot happen. And then um, so she understood, but she just didn't. It's not that she didn't believe me, but she just thought it's such a wild idea that she just couldn't comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, when you go back to that, so in that case, you can imagine my parents have had, they've, they've supported me in the emotional and the financial and everything, but in terms of direction, they don't know anything about it, especially that they're both not in mm-hmm. sciences, so they had nothing to say about what I do. Um, they knew which university I was in, but what I'm doing there, they had no idea, and they couldn't help me out in direction in any way, and even when it came to um, extracurricular work, um, I had to ask around people, and I always relied on people's uh, um, perspectives and how they felt about their extracurricular, and I felt like sometimes I was getting biased opinions, but I had to follow it anyways because there was no one else to turn to. When you've got a mentor who has a completely different um, struggle, completely different path, you still rely on their opinion because you have no one else to ask. Even though their opinion is not, or their advice is not relevant to your life, and it's not really applicable. No, not at all. Like, I was, I remember, I remember, like, the the thing that deterred me most in my first and second year of undergrad is I was part of a friend group who grew up in Canada. They had a completely different struggle, but they would always make medicine seem like something that was essentially impossible. And... We had different capabilities and we had different strengths and different weaknesses. But because they kept talking about it that way and given the fact that I had no one else to talk to, I just listened to what they said and that kind of just kept deterring me and deterring me even more. And I felt like I was trying to achieve something and my parents were like, oh, why aren't you applying to medicine? And I'm like, I can't. And then I still need to finish the four years and my friends keep telling me that, you know what, don't even bother, get another career, figure out maybe do research. Like, it's not even something you consider. But do you think they were doing that because they genuinely thought it was impossible or they didn't want you to? No, they genuinely thought it was impossible. And even, even in, like, there was, that's because I was just, I was also very naive, but also because they were not getting the grades maybe I was. They were not working as hard as I was. But still, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was still in second year with no direction. Like, I felt like direction for me is something that's, that like literally deterred me so much. And now I feel like that's why I'm doing a lot of mentorship work, trying to help others and give them direction, because that's not something I had. Even with my courses, I would take four great courses, and the fifth that was a course from hell and would bring down my GPA. And that's a very clear indicator that I'm not just smart in all these four, but it's because of this fifth one that is terrible. But that's the thing to be said, like, as Yasmin said, there are students that come into undergrad and, um, and I, and I understand like applying to medical school, you have to have the top grades here. So they're told to what to take and what not to take. So they're told, you know, don't take that course. You know, it might just drag down your GPA. Don't even do science. You know, you could just go and just do psychology and like, just do it that way. So you'd be surprised how many direction how much direction people have gotten to get to where they are. And then you look at yourself and you say, well, you know, I'm doing all of this and I'm like working so hard as you're saying, you're, you're, you're doing the best you can. And you're seeing other people who are kind of like, well, I didn't do any of that because like, it's known that if you do that path, it'll just be more difficult to get to where you want. So it's just that Intel that people have that sometimes is missing from students who are from black or um, 
you're really out here doing trial and error in yeah, a time where you, you know, like in a time weird, where you should just be doing things really strategically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that's the case. Part, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like you yeah. can't, you can't compare yourself coming. So, like, I literally moved here like first week of class. You can't compare me to a student who went to uh, a private school or uh, yeah. and comes into comes into the same institution, same university, trying to getting the same grades as me. Like, our work ethic cannot be the same. Maybe our product is the same, but our work ethic definitely was not the same. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of, like, the... Like, I'll be in labs, I'll be talking to people a little bit more. You genuinely think the people that you're in these spaces with are similar to you, you know? We're students, we're both doing grad school, we're both doing this completely different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. um, completely different educational backgrounds. People have um, gone to private school since they were, like, seven. So, like, coming from where you're coming from, where this person's coming from... It's two completely different things. Yet when we when it comes time to apply to professional schools no or cares. job opportunities, that is never brought up because they don't want to know that. Then it becomes like, oh, we just want to know the final outcome. like the final outcome of like you know what what were the results here. No mm-hmm. one wants to know like how you got to that point and how that person got to that point and what backgrounds you guys have. No one goes into that because no one cares. Funny, no one cares. Thing is, that's exactly that. That was my like, this takes me back to second year because. My resume from high school, coming from the Middle East, was empty. Yeah, like, all you're not allowed to work. You're there. not allowed to work. You're not allowed to. Fall. There was no volunteer. There was almost nothing. Like especially in Saudi Arabia, there was nothing. Um, I remember there was only like one volunteer opportunity in like uh, a children's like I think it was an orphanage or something like that, and like the whole class had applied to it because it was just one thing. Um, yeah, so coming in with an empty resume, you're trying to get into a club. You're trying to get an exact position into an, a club, which is which is like the, the the easiest. It should be the easiest thing, but given that we're in a very competitive university, that's very hard because now my resume is empty. While someone who went to private school in Canada has a long, long resume of like they could probably already apply to med school with their resume, mm-hmm. um, and I'm being compared to them, so I can't get into the club. So they get into the club, and now that adds to their resume, and it's just the struggle continues. So you kind of have to. You're working every year to jump a few levels, not one level at a time. You're jumping a few levels at a time because there's no other way of doing it. For me, that happened to me with grad school. Like As I was entering grad school, a lot of the students in my program were already U of T undergrads. So they knew what profs to like target for their thesis, right? So they know about the program. They know how intense it is. They know who they can target so that they can get everything done and, you know, still be, you know, live a regular life. And then I come in, I don't know who anyone is, I apply to everyone, I get a response, I'm like, yes, I got a professor. But little did I know that, you know, the next few years is going to be hell because this work is not compatible with my program. And no one's going to tell you, oh, your work is not compatible with the way your program is set up, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, people are just at, a, at an advantage and then the same is expected out of the both of you, which is just crazy. Yeah. It's like when you're, you're applying to master's or whatever program you're applying to. Yeah. Like when I was looking for supervisors and I was emailing everyone, they always tell you, okay, when you uh, interview your supervisor, you have to interview them back. Uh, you have to know what and you I was want. Like, you okay, have to know. Yeah. Da, da, da. But like, we don't have the privilege of yeah. like being able to pick our we don't supervisors. Have choices. If yeah. he picks me, then I'm good. Like, exactly. I'm set. I found a lab. Yeah. That's it. Like, you just I'm, hope and pray that yeah. the person who picks you is like a good, yeah, a good person. I don't have the so privilege so of interviewing him and asking, like, finding out if he works for me. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have. Like, I like when I was applying to labs. Wallahi, I first of all, I marked them so mm-hmm. I can keep track of them. I think I emailed a hundred plus supervisors in all of Canada because I was. Because I was in the UAE, right? And I'm emailing them, and I can't... And they see that I'm an international student, but I would always mention, like, okay, but, like, I'm a Canadian citizen, blah, blah, blah. 
But like that doesn't matter, right? I don't have the connections. I didn't do undergrad summer in their lab. I didn't do anything. I'm emailing all these profs from Ryerson to uh, all the UFT, York, all of these universities, programs that I'm not, at this point, some of them, I don't even care that much. I just wanted to do research. Um, and I'm applying to all of them. And some of them are applying to me, some of them are not. But at the end of the day, it was like, if they pick me, then I'm set, right? And, and they know that. That's the sad thing. They, they, they know, know like I'm desperate, right? Abuse you. But like yeah. people here get to pick. Yeah. Like a guy emailed me today asking me, oh, I want to apply to your lab. Tell me, is it a good lab? What do you think of? I don't have the privilege. I never, I never even asked about my lab. I just jumped in. I came. I didn't know anyone. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like other people in my lab knew everyone in the lab. I didn't have time to do that. When he sent me your accepted, I'm like, that's it, right? Got one. And, yeah. yeah. And this guy emailed me like, oh, how is it? And I'm supposed to email him back, and I will. But like, he has that like privilege, like where mm-hmm. he can like pick supervisors. You can pick, yeah. right? And I don't have that. Like, I had to be like, yes. Yeah. And like, so uh, we were discussing this with the staff and stuff. So like, if we're interested in PhD, like we know now, like we have at least our masters. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, we're not we've learned people, our yeah, we know our lessons, and now like we know like to be picky and like you can't mm-hmm. mess around, right? Hundred percent. I think like as you get older, you learn the mentality of like. Am I a good fit for this place? It's like, no. Is this place a good fit, fit for, for me? me? But we don't have that. We can't. And like, I, I feel like because of like the that. way, yeah, exactly. I think because of like the opportunities we get and the lack of opportunities we get, yeah. we don't. We don't have we the can't. privilege of thinking like that. Yeah, we can't do that. But I do think though, regardless of like losing out on opportunities and things like that, we do have to think like that long term for your mental health for your and mental just health. for stability. Honestly, like, you're not going to survive in an environment where it is not a good fit for you. Um, and you can try to like mold yourself, but there's only so much you can go in terms of molding your personality, your capabilities, what you're willing to sacrifice in your personal life and even your interests. Like you can't just, you can't force yourself to be interested about something that you genuinely are not, like you have no relation to, you don't feel passionate about it and you're supposed to do it day in and day out. You just can't, you can't make that up. So, Mm -hmm. and that's, that comes back to the idea of, okay, I, I also had the same thing where I emailed so many professors. I was at a point at one point where I was like, you know, I sent out a few emails and I was like, if nobody answers back to me in these few emails, I am not even going to go to grad school. I'm like, great. I got this acceptance, but it means nothing to me if I can't find somebody who's going to take me on and fund my research. So at the end of the day, when, when, when you were thinking about this, it's more like you don't, you you don't even have a choice to like choose your interests. And like, I did have interests going in. Like I did, I did like, um, some parts of research and I was like you know I'm more interested in this I would rather be in a lab that does this kind of work but I didn't have that privilege because I really had to choose from the people who did respond back to me yeah and, though, and that was such a small pool you just have to kind of hope that you know whoever you get it you just you kind of you just have to mold yourself honestly you just have to literally go into an environment and you literally have to adapt yourself yeah, so just to explain a bit more, um, usually like in grad school when you're doing research, a supervisor has to pick you. You have to be able to join a lab. So even if you're accepted by the department, you have to find a supervisor. So that's, that was me and their struggle. You can get into the program. Conditional but not, Yeah, so you can get into the program, but like you won't get accepted and you can't start unless you have a supervisor. Do you know what's so sad? Like I actually had that list. I'm like, okay, these are the topics that I want to do. And then you reach a certain point where you're like, flexible. Yeah, you're like, like, I'm gonna do research about this little yeast. Ooh, yeast is looking so interesting. Drosophila fly. Drosophila. You're like, wow, Drosophila looks so interesting. I'm gonna see the point when you start off at biomaterials. Next thing you know, you're at stem cells. Yeah, or like some sort of different. Like you try, you try to be specific. Like I was like. I, I would go through the list of supervisors mm-hmm. and be like, this one, like, I would pick three. And then it's like, fire. but I can't. And then I realized, like, I have to email everyone, you know, and then decide from, like, that. I was so naive. I, 
like email two people at a time. And then I was like, yo, I need to email <laughs> 10 at a time. Yeah. And then I'm like, I need to email a department a day. Oh, I, I, and then I started, first I was choosing one program. And then I was like, you know what? This program. And then I have like All different departments. Yeah. And then I started expanding the schools I was looking at. I, I applied to chemistry, a master's in chemistry at York. <laughs> What kind of desperation? By any means, chemistry at York. What kind yeah. of research was I trying? No, I will honestly, guys. At one point, there was like this worm in in like research, and it's like really popular. It's called C. Elegant. Oh, I was like, yeah. ooh, yes. that C. Elegant. C. Elegant. Ooh, that's but fucking everything. interesting. Oh, every day, I'm like, I was really pushing it. Well, I every day, I'm like, alhamdulillah, because the labs that I applied to and the research and the type of research that I applied to. If I actually was doing that right now, I would be crying. Because right now, Allah, alhamdulillah, I was so blessed. Even though it took a while to get to where I am. At least like, you got I was about to give up. Like, honestly, I gave up. At, I, I 100% gave up, like, mm-hmm. uh, the winter of last year. And then my mom's like, like, what are you doing with your life, right? Because I don't live with my mom. And she's like, you were there for, like, two, a year and a half. And you didn't even get what you wanted to get done. I was like, you know what? Like, let me just apply just so that I can tell her I tried. Like, I'm done, like, my last, like, you know, the last time. I'm going to try again. If it doesn't work, at least I'll be like, see, I tried it didn't work out. Well, what I was doing it just to prove a point that I couldn't get in is what I was trying to prove, right? Oh, my God. Well, like, literally, what my intention was apply, prove I can't get in because I've been trying, right? Oh, I've been God trying for showed a, you. I've been trying for a year and a half, and I'm like, boy, I'm tired. I'll do it this last time just because of you, and that's it. Like, I'm not applying to grad school again. But subhanAllah, like, of all the schools, of all the programs, like, I, I got in, I got an interview, and I, like, like till this day, Allah, whenever I see, like, my, like, uh, my, my folder or whatever... And I'm just like, every time I'm like, I can't believe it. And then obviously I, I experienced imposter syndrome and I'm like, this is, I, I cheated the system. I'm not supposed to be here. And then I tell myself it's okay. But alhamdulillah, like, wallahi, like, alhamdulillah, like, you know, whatever is written is written. We can't, like. It's funny because, like, I remember when my, when my current, um, supervisor accepted me I literally used three different approaches to confirm that he did accept me <laughs> sure like I sent him this form this graduate form and yeah, I was like it. so sign this and then I, I another email I was like yeah so I got in, like someone else asked me if they, to, like to interview with them I just wanted to make this sure I just wanted to make sure <laughs> It's actually such a happy feeling, though, Mama. Like when you do get that one, that time where you're like yeah. accepted, you're just like yeah. you're just. Like, it doesn't matter. You're just so grateful. It's but so, isn't it sad? Like how it's so sad. we are when for everyone else, it's kind of like an expected Yo. feeling. For yeah. them, if they don't get in, they are enraged. Yeah. For us, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, why would I get it? Yeah, why would I get it? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the imposter syndrome. It's the imposter syndrome, yeah. guys. So like when I got my first research position, I was start so I was gonna start like and like a full time research in the summer, and I was among like eight other students that summer and I worked like I'm not like I'm not bragging but I will tell you I worked the hardest out of all of them because I felt like I had to prove my place there mm-hmm. and this other girl was like yeah I'm back here for like the third summer and like this other person was, like here like yeah I like quickly sent this email like I got it like this other person told me about this lab and, and whatever and I'm just like oh my god like I just felt every day I was you were I, the only black student I was yeah mm-hmm. but like I would be there like either like first there but like never the first to leave and I was just you know I wanted to like I remember like it took such a huge toll on like my mental health because I wanted to prove myself and I like one day we would like we were all talking about it and I was like 
I don't think anybody here is trying to prove to themselves. Everybody here is just here. They're here for the experience. They're here for the the, the fun summer, you know, I'm chilling. And like, meanwhile, you're like working overtime inside. You're like, Like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm here. Oh my God. Now I have to like prove the fact that I'm here. You also don't want to do it for future black students. You're like, I will not be the black student to mess this up. Mm -hmm. It's just so much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you really shouldn't be feeling like that. Like, it really should be an experience that you're going in, you're learning you're not completely stressed all the time you don't always have to prove yourself like it's nerve-wracking you know what I mean and um I don't know it gets it gets even worse when that's one aspect of it I feel like you working hard but it gets even worse when a professor takes on a black student this is what this is what creates a toxic and hostile environment and expects that student to do better than all the other students because they're black or because there's some kind Not of even do minority, minority. Work or just work harder yeah. in general. And it's kind of like, it's kind of, I don't know if some of them are in the know and they know like, oh, be, like they, they work, wanna prove they want to prove so themselves. So why don't they just work they're harder? Like, of their they're kind of taking advantage of the fact that mm-hmm. you feel a certain way because of what society has kind of yeah. like, the, mm-hmm. you know what, like this is our society now. Like we have systemic racism. It is very real. We're very underrepresented. And they're kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, okay. Funny. So now show me the extravagant, you know, superhuman black person that you are. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So I, I think it goes, it goes both ways. You're feeling it. And then they might just perpetuate that feeling. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like the little things. Like for me, it's not like I'll, I'm usually punctual to meetings, but like if I'm a few minutes late, I'll be like, oh, they'll think black people are always like, it's like small things it's that you're just like, progression. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm it'll so be scary. like, uh, now they're going to associate like being, even though other people are always late, always. but it's like, I'm thinking like me, they're going to especially notice it. And I'm usually not late, but it's like, Oh, I'm two minutes. Like, oh, like shit. you're not only there for yourself, but you're there They're for that thing. Like, oh, yeah. everybody. Yeah. And have you guys ever? Have you guys? I know. I know. I've felt this myself. Have you ever felt like if someone does something, and you're like, if I ever did that, I would get. Into I would get. In, I would yes. just get in so much oh, trouble. Like, I wouldn't. I would get like some kind of like reprimanding. like reprimand reprimanding for doing that same exact thing. Like, you know. So it's it's also that, and it's just mm-hmm. it just doesn't like you. You're not on top of being in a very. Um, you know, competitive and like tough environment in terms of like what you're doing and just the nature of grad school is it is supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be a tough experience. Like, you know, on top of that, you have to deal with microaggressions and then you have to deal with all this like imposter syndrome. You shouldn't be miserable. Like, yeah. You know? And it just takes a toll on your mental health then, you know, really like just a time where and also, it's the worst when you don't understand. Like, right now that we're talking about all of this and we found our people in grad school, because we've all, a lot of us have met, like, in grad school, and we can kind of talk about these things and, and be like, oh, you know, it's not just me who feels this, but when you really are just doing it by yourself and you are the only one thinking, because like, this is what I feel. like they know what they're doing, yeah, and yeah. you feel like you're the only lost one. And exactly. it's like, okay, I can't say anything, because I don't know if this question is really dumb or if it's a legitimate question. question so you're yeah. just like, okay, you just keep nodding, and you're like, okay, I'll, 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 I'm going to have to Google yeah. this later. I think a lot of it is just, all of that is what a grad student face, but I feel like it's just more exacerbated mm-hmm. if you're a black person. I'm you like, guys, it's just, just a couple of months ago, I was like, okay, no, I got into this program because I deserved it, because when I first got into the program, I was like, oh, it was just by chance. My supervisor, he, there was a gap to fill. Yeah. There was no one there to fill it. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take this person. I'm just lucky. Yeah. yeah. And then the lucky. other day, they were like, he was talking to me. He's like, yeah, you know, we took you for a reason. Like, we looked at your resume and then we chose you. And I was like, oh, okay. There's a reason. There's a reason they chose me. still be like, you're lying. Yeah. No, for me, literally, just a couple months ago, and I'm almost done. He told me this and I was like, okay. Yeah. They took me for a reason. Yeah. But it's it's sad. It's sad that we have to yeah. like 
constantly have that pressure on our shoulders. But I think the more you talk to other students, no shade to any students. I'm not saying there's anything correlating without like academic ability and race. But the more you talk to other students in your program, the more you realize, okay, some of these people are extremely mediocre. Basic. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, why am I feeling like I don't belong here? Like, I could do your program. I could do my program. I could do, no, I could do any of all of these programs. What would a mediocre Caucasian man do? Well, like, that's I, I was do. going through the imposter syndrome uh, hashtag on Twitter. Literally, someone was like, "Just that's how you think." Yes. Do you think they ever feel bad for anything they get? No, no. no. Why should you? And I'm like, true, guys. You're I about actually, asking your supervisor something. Think to yourself, what would a Caucasian man? Yeah, do? yeah, yeah. So I actually the had the scariest thing ever. So I was on. So I'm on currently on a project, and there was a summer student. Okay, this person's not in grad school. They are in early undergrad. They worked in the lab. The summer before, they are very mediocre. They actually are not only mediocre. They weren't do. They weren't even performing at the level that they should have as a summer student. So they come. I I kind of like um, kind of met with this guy at one point. Just asked him questions about certain things that I was starting to do that he kind of worked on before. Turns out he doesn't know anything. Yet he talks like he is a PI and has gone through multiple degrees just that arrogance I know them once I know like and he's just the white man he just speaks like you know that he knows things Mm -hmm. and like turns out I found out that he doesn't actually know what he's talking about at all because I and that's almost like it was just it was just such a scary type of confidence that I've never seen it's not even confidence it's It's confidence it's arrogance arrogance. it's not hard it's not confidence confidence is something that we should all strive Mm -hmm. to have you know what I mean it's something good but arrogance that that it's comes dangerous. off completely different, you know, and you can kind of tell when someone's being arrogant. So, okay. on a more positive note, what did being a black woman in STEM teach you? Something that you fostered that you might not have fostered if you were a middle-aged Caucasian man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I think the funnest part about it was just like in fourth year, it kind of clocked in. Like I, I like first, second year, and third year, I was kind of just like figuring out my space but fourth year I kind of was in class and I was like you know what I'm gonna be here living my truth and I started joking around in class or if it's just like I just got so much more comfortable Showing the same yeah. right which I used to like keep so hidden like I like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to you know be too casual with a professor or get too comfortable in class and in fourth year I started to do that and I was like, okay, you know what? I am smart. I'm funny. I'm kind of great. You know, I'm all three and I'm yes, sitting right are. here next to yes. you. You know, um, and I felt like I didn't have to like wash myself. And I think that gave me even more confidence just to be in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing is showing your personality. I noticed that's a like, yeah. I, 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 you still didn't do that for your lab, but no. for me, I just can't honestly, for, I, I can only do so much molding. Like I just, I can only do so much adapting. <laughs> so like eventually like my actual personality just like has to like kind of come out. Like, you know, I love TV. I love pop culture. I'm very in tune with a lot of things. So people are just kind of like shocked that it's yeah. like, I have, I have this personality. Like, it's almost like they're like, Oh wow, you do that. Oh yeah. wow. You, you know this like it's so strange it's like about like so far what is a positive experience such a fraud guys oh my god what is your positive experience positive experience I think I've always been confident Mm -hmm. I don't really like have self-doubt or anything like that because I know if I really want to do something I can do it Mm -hmm. but I think this just um further gave me perspective Mm -hmm. in terms of how not everything is a great fit for you so in terms of like whether it's my specific research, a certain part of my project, grad school in general, um, I think I just have a lot more 
um, perspective as a black woman. I think just as a human being, to be honest, because um, I think that can apply to anyone, not to be like all lives matter and take away like my race in it, um, but I think it's given me a lot of perspective. Um, and also, like I think with that confidence comes the ability to like kind of push through a lot and kind of like wade through all, pardon my language, like the bullshit of like, this personality, this person being rude or this person not being supportive. It's like, I do not care. I can get it done with or without you. And you know what I mean? I'll be okay. Aisha? Yeah. Yeah, just similar similar things. Um, I think it just really showed me, A, how to be resilient and um, how to separate out my feelings from my actual work that I do in lab. Um, because we don't, in science, people like to think that we live in a little bit of a bubble, yeah. that we're just here, we're going to do great work, we're going to do science, we're going to publish um, amazing cancer, cure cancer, publish in amazing journals, high impact factor. But, um, you know, we live in a society with other human beings and people. There are a lot of issues going on around us, and it shapes the way that academia is built. Academia was not built for black people. Um, oh. Academia was built for white people they built it and they didn't make space or create space for black students to flourish so we kind of just have to kind of push ourselves in there now and um you know change the narrative so it just taught me how to be resilient and um i think my the actual science aspect of my work just taught me how to be more comfortable with uncertainty and not always believing and thinking you know i need to get um a result and it needs to be like this you know just being comfortable with things and being curious and being open to you know looking to different avenues and things. For me, I don't think, I don't know, I don't think there's anything positive yet of being a black woman and stuff. Just like for me, personally, Something I realize personal, like, you've learned. Yeah, like I feel like I am capable even though like I doubt myself sometimes. Like unlike Yasmin, I actually experience self-doubt every day. But I feel like it's not in my lab. Like I'm pretty confident. I do whatever the hell I want. Like I don't care about anyone. But I feel like more the school, like, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, am I supposed to be here? Da, da, da. But I feel like I also convinced myself, like, I did do it. It is my own merit, stuff like that. So, personally, that would probably be positive. And the fact that I know I can do it and that, inshallah, like, I'm going to finish and do all of that. And maybe, like, just giving back, like, because we are in this position where we know what we experience and we know how we can give back. And there are kids like us who haven't had mentorship or anything like that and that need it and that the same direction that we wish we had like I wish it so much that I'll give it to anyone right like I'll help direct anyone if they need if anyone says like oh I need help with this I'll be like okay I can help you with it oh is it engineering okay I'll connect you with my friend she did engineering oh you did biomedical sciences I'll connect like you know like I just want to be that person right and because we we did make it this far and we are in these positions where we can give back and I think that it's very important that we do give back just so that like people who are like us don't have to go through the same thing like it's unnecessary learned first I'll start start off with what I learned what I learned was that you need to think about yourself like don't just think that when you get an opportunity you know it's a once in a lifetime thing and just grab it rather just think to yourself okay is this is it you know good for me is it going to help me in the future is does it align with my long-term goals is this something that I want to do um, rather than just oh, okay, this this came in you know came into my lap. If I don't take this opportunity, nothing will come along, and then you just settle for something that you know you deserve. You deserve way more than that, right? So I think that's one thing that I learned, and that I'm going to take with me after graduating. Um, another thing is that definitely help out people because I had zero guidance. Like I literally got into biomedical engineering by chance too. Like you know, uh, I had a teacher who was like, oh, engineering, biology. You know, you're okay in math and physics. 
you did well in biology too. Why don't you do biomedical? So I probably kind of, uh, you know, advise younger people, you know, do placements. I'll help you get a placement if you want to get a placement. You know, be in the actual field before you choose to pursue something and, you know, take on that career. So what about you, Dina? Okay. I think for me, um, so when I was in high school, I was a very, very cocky child. I <laughs> knew I was, I knew I was, like, I had, I had no doubt in my abilities. I knew if I wanted to do something, I would do it. And I knew if I wanted to that's get... Cocky, into, that's confident. I was very confident out to the point, like, I was almost cocky. Yeah. Like, I... Like <laughs> okay, I was, you know yourself. <laughs> I was very... I knew I was very resilient when, when it came to grade, when it came to academics. I knew that even if I didn't do well on this test, that doesn't talk... It was a test. It wasn't my abilities. I never doubted my abilities. Okay. Um, but then when I came to university, and again, it comes back to the lack of direction, because I heard everyone else's opinion and their perspective and their 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 um, opinion on how university should be and how hard it is and whatever, I started to personalize their struggles, okay. which weren't even my struggles. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that kind of, that's where, that's where my confidence went from like 110 to like minus 110. Um, and then my defense system was to say, I don't want it. So that's when I was like, okay, I don't want medicine. I don't want... I even thought about doing charity work, which is something I still want to do. But that's when I was like, okay, I don't even want to do medicine. Why am I even studying this hard? I kind of um, discouraged yourself. discouraged myself because I thought if I didn't want it, then it didn't matter if I didn't get it. Um, and that's that was a very risky path. And thank God my mom woke me up and she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not where you want to go. Do better. Do better, yeah. She's like, this is not, you don't let it's like one. It's self-destructive, yeah. yeah. It's very self-destructive, yeah. Um, so what's the yeah, I think I think that that's the thing. After I came back from that, now I'm not cocky, but I'm almost humbled. Oh, humbled. humbled, yeah. Confident. <laughs> kind of confident, yeah. Um, but it just th- taught me that I have to be, it, it taught me the actual definition of resilience. Like it, it's when you actually fall and fall mentally, not just fall in terms of external grades or whatever, like actually mentally fall and then you have to build yourself back up. Like I think I wouldn't have been this determined if I was not black. I wouldn't have built this strong of, um, of resiliency and of strength if I wasn't black. I wouldn't have gone through the same struggles and therefore would not have come back as strong as I am now. Um, so yeah. So that's one thing I learned, and I'm very grateful for that. And then going back to the whole lack of guidance. Yeah. yeah. So, so going back to the whole of guidance, of direction, and all of that, because I didn't have that, and because I felt like I had to look for it, and it's not even the guidance and direction, it's also my, my space, my place in all these programs, my space in my place in um in unions and associations and, and courses and whatever, I always felt like I didn't have a space and I didn't even ask for it because I didn't feel like one out of 30 or one out of 40 deserved a space there. It's like, whatever, you do majority rules. You do you, I will just not come or not Take up space. That's I will not so take up space. Take, you have to take up space. Exactly. You have to. But I didn't think I, I, didn't think I would do that because I wasn't... I was not from here, and I'm an I'm an, I'm an immigrant, so I didn't. I felt very like I was intruding into their space. Like, who am I to come here and ask them to find me space? Who am I to come and ask them for for them to cater to my needs, right? Um, so yeah, what I learned the, the second thing I learned is to actually make space for myself. If they refuse to make that space for me, I'll make it myself, and I will my priorities. I will make them. I will turn them into. Um, 
I will work with the people who are passionate about the same things and turn them into reality. Um, so yeah, so recently we've kind of we've uh, our whole group kind of have been working on an initiative to target all these problems to break down these barriers that youths in Canada face in STEM um, from financial to systemic racism to microaggressions to just re- the, the, the lack of resources and also people's knowledge about these resources accessibility there's, there's so many different barriers there's so many different layers um, so yeah we've, we're kind of working on that more practically to work on like workshops or um, skill skill development um, skill development techniques I guess and then professional development to help to help the youth around us kind of build um, to build their resume or build just their own self-confidence and their own strength so that they can uh, so that they can navigate this path without as much struggle as we've had yeah and we're really excited about it yes, yes. and that is primarily in the stem field mm-hmm. um, so that so that group is starting up now. However, there are a lot of groups that do exist that a couple of us are involved in. Um, so if you guys want to ever reach out, just hit at Omalkhair and Ikran and they'll connect you with us. Um, I think before we leave... Sorry, guys. I think I'm taking control of the it's podcast. It's your podcast now. So yeah, before we leave, I just thought um, we should once again kind of repeat our names and what work we and experiences we have in terms of what we're studying. That way, if anyone who's listening to this is planning to apply to grad school or, um, undergrad. or undergrad, even, we can possibly point you in the or right industry. direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and if any of us aren't doing anything that you're um, interested in, you can always still reach out and we can you connect you with the right people, um, whether it's actual professionals or students. Because I think our network needs to grow, um, be it through events, and if not events, through the podcast. Yes. So just to summarize, my name is Yasmeen. I studied undergrad biomedical sciences um, for graduate school. Um, I'm in neuroscience. Um, and next, um, I'm Ikran, and uh, they know you, but just do it. <laughs> they don't know my voice. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't remember, they don't know my voice. Uh, so I did biotechnology as an undergrad, and I'm doing orthopedic research. Um, I'm Raham, and I did uh, life sciences for undergrad as well as global health. I'm Aisha, and I do research right now in um, stem cell research, and in undergrad, I also did biomedical sciences. So I'm Alina, and my undergrad was in human biology and human physiology, and right now I'm doing cardiovascular science, cardiovascular research. Mm-hmm. And this is Omar and I did my undergrad in biomedical engineering. I'm currently doing a master's in clinical engineering, and if you have any questions regarding engineering, stem cells, um, medical devices, hit me up. And if you're a youth in Toronto, like Yasmin was saying, um, stay connected because we'll probably link you up to future opportunities, future events, future workshops that we'll be having in the area. Listen, yeah, and like our labs usually are always looking for people and we never know anyone to connect. You guys, okay? we're the plug. We're going to hook you guys up, please. Just DM us, DM us. Inshallah. Inshallah, yeah, as long as there's something you're interested in and you have yes. the qualifications... Hit us we up at Ablon, our Twitter, Instagram, Curious Cat, Gmail. Curious Cat? We have a Curious Cat. What? People send us really scandalous questions. Yeah, she's lying. No, no. <laughs> mm, no, they don't. In the holy month? She, just put, she just put out an invitation. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's actually an invitation from Omo Claire that people right? should be utilizing the Ablon Chronicles for real. Curious Cat. You guys in the Curious Cat. Make our life interesting. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of bored in grad school. We really are.
Okay, sorry, you guys. Sorry,